0: Welcome to the Stargate Archives, buried deep within Cheyenne Mountain. Welcome back to the Stargate Archives and Stargate Theatre. This week we're going to be looking at the 2013 movie Chupacabra vs the Alamo, a.k.a. Beast of the Alamo. The main star of this movie is Eric Estrada, but for our purposes we're looking at mostly the supporting cast, which is full of Stargate actors, including Julia Benson, who rightfully gets a co-star credit. This movie premiered in the US March 23rd, 2013, and in Canada June 1st of the same year. UK DVD released August 12, 2013. Rotten Tomatoes, no critic scores and 14% audience scores. So again, I've got a feeling that people who watch these movies don't truly appreciate the entertainment value. The movie was directed by Terry Ingram. Huge resume, very popular within the Hallmark community. He's worked on the Aurora to Garden Mysteries, Chesapeake Shores, Relic Hunter, La Femme Nikita, Christmas Lodge, many, many more. The story for this movie, Peter Sullivan and Jeffrey Schenek. The writer, Peter Sullivan. Again, huge resume. Let's have a look. Blending Christmas, Hydra, The Christmas Gift, Turbulent Skies. Again, a lot of the Hallmark movies uh, mixing in with the B-movie sci-fi genre type. Basically, it shows there's a lot of work if you can operate within a budget and you're not too fussy. Now, I've watched this movie once before. I didn't have a great opinion about it first time around, but I think I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going into it not expecting too much sometimes you can see the trailers and you think oh this is going to be good and it kind of lets you down but let's see shall we hey ok then sit back and enjoy Chupacabra Versus the Alamo straight into the movie already like the music by Stu Goldberg very busy composer composed a lot of the music for the Hallmark Channel as well as video games we're at a drainage tunnel southeast of San Antonio, Texas SUV pulls up couple of guys get out, one's armed, one opens up the back, takes a huge bag full of money, goes into the tunnel where he finds a, a little train track. It's Underground Railroad, obviously a tunnel going underneath the border between Mexico and the States. A payment for drugs perhaps. I'll tell you some, it's a long, dark, spooky tunnel. As one of the labourers is pushing the bags of money along the track, he hears a growl. Can't see anything, but he can hear it. Even the guys back at the truck, they can hear it as well. And then we hear the screaming. They see something and they start opening fire. We get a close-up of the guy getting his throat ripped out. And then the men around the truck are getting attacked as well. It looks like El Jefe is making a run for it, but nope. Even he gets dragged down into the tunnel and ripped to threads. Fade to black. We cut to the suburbs. Nice little house. The camera moves inside. All quiet. We come to know the characters, Carlos. Seguin played by Eric Estrada. Eric's had a pretty good career more recently he's been in Picture Perfect Mysteries Live. My Name Is Earl but best known for playing Frank Puncharello in Chips. I remember that show from when I was a kid. <laughs> I can't remember what his partner's name was but Eric Estrada yep definitely remember him. He pulls out a gun walks towards the door where somebody is trying to get inside and then a couple of young girls walk in. One of his daughter, Siena, played by Nicole Munez. Yep, Stargate alum. She played Hedda in the Atlantis episode, Epiphany. She also was in The Excellent Defiance, Supernatural, Ben Helsing and Once Upon a Time. Very good actress. Carlos isn't very pleased with his daughter. She's out long past curfew. Tells her friend to go home and well, <laughs> let's see what happens. Sit. I just want to go to bed. When I'm done. It seems they're having the usual father-daughter issues. We hear that the brother has already left the household. This is the anniversary of the wife, the mother's death. So tensions are pretty high. Phone rings. He's back on duty. as a DEA agent. And my guess is that the bodies at the tunnel have been discovered. He grounds his daughter and heads out. He's got his leathers, got a shotgun. He gets on a, a big motorbike and rolls off into the distance. Now, this is an interesting thing. We see a lot of stock footage of San Antonio, some of it looks quite nice. But they're using green screen for Eric and his motorbike. In some of the shots it looks ridiculous. Why didn't they just put a helmet on and have a stunt driver do the bike scenes? Job done. In fact the only time they do have a real bike is as they approach the crime scene. And it's obvious that is a stuntman. Strange choices made. Right we're at the crime scene. We are introduced to Detective Tracy Taylor played by Julia Benson. Julia played Lieutenant Vanessa James in Stargate Universe as well as Willa in the Atlantis episode Irresistible. She's recently in Nancy Drew and Debris, Frequency, The Order, Cedar Cove. She's a producer and writer along with her husband Peter Benson including their own work What an Idiot and Death as Due Part. We also see Agent Perez played by Alex Ponovich. He was Shakrell in SG-1 Redemption and Rakai in Atlantis Reunion. He's recently been in Snowpiercer, before that Van Helsing and I Zombie. Very popular actor. Yep, we've already started, folk. There are a lot of people from Stargate in this movie. Sit back and enjoy. <laughs> right, Carlos is introduced to Taylor. That's his new partner, never met her before. Very condescending he is to her. Very dismissive. Hopefully his attitude changes as the movie goes along. He sends her off for some water and him and Agent Perez goes and looks at one of the bodies that's already been identified as a member of the Espinosa cartel. The bodies are pretty ripped up, vicious animal attack. At this point, a water bottle is thrown off screen. Carlos just manages to catch it, and Detective Tracy, well, she puts him in his place. Just to make something clear, I have a PhD in psychology. I have a master's degree in criminal justice and 10 years active field experience dealing with personalities even worse than yours. Yes. Director Collins told me all about you. And I promise you, I am more than up to the task. Carlos is a little impressed. He basically gives a leave to impress him. She comes up with an explanation. We know it's not quite accurate, but it's pretty decent. Carlos goes to get some flashlights, and Perez provides her a bit of information that his wife died two years ago today. He should have had the day off, but he never misses a call. That's Carlos for you, Carlos and Taylor then venture into the tunnel, the long dark <laughs> tunnel, Taylor, while examining the wars, makes the supposition that there's no sign of return fire, All the bullets were going one way. What if this wasn't a gunfight between two rival gangs? That's when they come across the body of the bagman who is still alive, barely clinging on to life? Who did this, and the man just whispers the devil. They go deeper into the tunnel system, and I've got to say, the tunnel looks pretty good. This would be very easy to cheap out on, but it looks good. It's lit very well, and we can see everything, but there's lots of shadow, lots of highlights. The music is good, which is even more baffling that they went the real cheap route with the uh, motorcycle and the green screen. As I've said all along, balancing budget is difficult in these sort of movies. You've only got so much to spend. Taylor comes across an area full of bones. They look like animal bones, some growling in the back. She gets her camera out, takes some photos with a flashlight, and we see some sort of dog, some sort of coyote. Definitely looked unwell. It's ribs, bone structure, skeletons are sticking out. The skin and the muscle is very, very tight. It lunges, collar appears, shotgun blast kills it dead. Whatever it is, it's definitely not a coyote. But he dismisses the idea that this animal was the cause of all the men's deaths. They return to the mouth of the tunnel, and Carlos goes off about his business. Taylor asks for help from Perez with the body of the creature, but nope, he walks off. Which, in hindsight, may have been a mistake. Because we next see Agent Perez with his DAA dog exploring the immediate area. The dog senses something, goes running off, we hear some growling, and then shrieking. Perez pursues with his gun drawn, and he sees his dog dead, with another one of the animals chewing down on him. He realises it's something that normally is a legend, a chupacabra. Now instead of killing it, or getting out of the way, he pulls his phone out and starts taking pictures. That's when he notices the second one. That's when he realises they hunt in packs. As he's looking one way, another one comes flying through, takes his ankles out. He falls, and that's the end of him. They converge and start eating him alive. Now the CGI is pretty bad. The animal design is basic. The green screen effect, the masking, not brilliant. But Alex dies well. (laughs) Rest in peace Agent Perez. We see more stock footage, green screen motorbike riding, and then we actually get a scene where it definitely looks like Eric is riding the bike. I think because it's a paved road, it was probably deemed safe, whereas the other time the stuntman was on a quarry. Makes a world of difference when you actually have the actor, you know, on, on the back of the bike coming into focus, Getting off the bike and going into this garage. Why, we don't know yet. Carlos isn't very welcome. One of the guys lunges at him with a tyre iron. Easily disarmed. He asks for Tommy. This is his son. Who's not walking the straight and narrow, it seems. And yes, another Stargate actor. Tommy's played by Jorge Vargas Jr. He played Abu in the SD1 episode, Emancipation. He's been in The Terror, Beyond, Psych and Sanctuary. And give him this, he makes a valiant attempt to escape from his father. But wisdom overcomes youth. Carlos corners him at the back of the garage and takes him to the station because there's evidence that he was at Ray's Canyon, the scene of the crime. We move to Guildford, 80 miles outside of San Antonio. A young woman is walking through the forest with a container of water. She hears a scream. She runs to the road and finds the body of a travelling companion, Riptus Reds. And then suddenly she's ripped from the side and we hear her screaming and we see her body being torn to pieces. There's Jupacabra. I have a wide hunting ground. Oh there's a hell of a lot of them. We go to the DEA head office. Carlos is talking to Commander Wilcox. Yes folks, another Stargate actor. Zach Santiago. Love watching Zach in anything he does. He played Corporal Rivers in Stargate Universe. And Regalio Duran in the SG-1 episode Evolution. He's recently been in Woo Assassins, Sign Sealed Delivered. <laughs> he actually plays a recurring character in that. Fantastic. Continuum and Ghost Wars. Another actor with a huge resume. Carlos goes into the interview room where Tommy is waiting for him. They have a hot heart, they've got serious domestic issues beyond father and son. Tommy is definitely involved in the drug trafficking business. Carlos is convinced that Diablo, the devil, is a person though, not a thing. And he gets no way, even though Tommy definitely has an idea of what's going on. Definitely shows recognition when he looks at the pictures. Carlos is pulled out of the interrogation, and he's told about Perez. They go to the canyon, and here we meet the medical examiner, one David Nichol. David, of course, played Radek Zelenka in Stargate Atlantis. More recently, he's been in The Dead Zone, Supernatural, Carnival Row, and of course, Arrow. Always loved Zelenka. Fantastic character. Carlos is a bit shocked about the death of Perez. But as luck would have it, the phone is lying right there. He keys it open and he sees the picture of the beast. Could this be enough to have him change his opinion? Support Taylor's idea that this is some sort of creature doing this? Who knows? He's a stubborn sod. We're back at the DEA and one of the labs where we meet Dr. Michael Fielding. Yep, another Stargate actor, Matthew Harrison. He played Darien in the su one episode Double Jeopardy and a scientist in the Atlantis episode Conversion. He's been in Watchmen, Chaos and the Garage Sale Mystery series 4 mock movies. He's doing autopsy on the body of the creature they found in the tunnels. Confirms that it's not a coyote or a hybrid of sorts but it does have rabies and it's logical to assume that that is probably a pack hunter that the whole pack has rabies as well. Voracious appetites, increased speed and power and then, of course, Taylor asks the question Look, Is it possible that this could be a chupacabra? No, it looks like Carlos is still going to be Mr. Skepticism. However, we get a Chekhov's gun moment, literally. Taylor looks at a firearm, asks us about it. It fires tracking darts, which will use GPS to allow tracking of the target, which no doubt will come in handy, especially when she nicks it. <laughs> She then goes on to show Carlos a number of reports from Mexico which show a number of killings which bear an uncanny similarity to the bodies found in San Antonio They also get the report from Guilford about the two women who were butchered as well The pack is definitely on the move And we go to a party in a park Lots of teenagers point of view shot from something Yeah, stalking food They're all gonna die But this is Siena that's where she's been she looks at her phone the missed calls from her dad not surprising to be honest he could have made the time to visit the grave of his wife Sienna is with her boyfriend and her best friend Brooke Brooke takes her boyfriend goes for a little private time go to the outskirts of the party he goes for a whiz (laughs) this is where it starts he's standing there minding his own business and a Cupacabra comes up and bites his dick off yep He screams, blood's pouring out of his groin. He falls to the ground. Brooke goes back to the camp, hands covered in blood. In the background, you see the animals taking off the straddlers, the outliers. And then the pack arrives and all hell breaks loose. Blood and gore everywhere. Brooke and Sienna make a dash for it. One of the chupacabras is tracking them. Not quite the level of Jurassic Park tension and special effects, but quite good. Carlos and Taylor at the office hear about the attack they jump on the back of his bike and roar off into the distance why they're not going by a police car which would have tactical weaponry etc etc not quite sure except for the fact they want Eric Estrada on a motorbike they get to the high school not quite sure why there aren't any first responders there surely there must have been enough warning to get local police, ambulances there because there are lots of dead bodies about Carlos goes into the school building he finds his daughter, finds a friend gets them to safety. Meanwhile, Taylor is calling for an ambulance, gets the gun she took from the lab, shoots from the chupacabras, tags him. So we'll be able to track him down now. And that's exactly what they do when they get back to the office, because believe me, the pack is running wild. They identified that the, well, nest, I'm not quite sure exactly what you'd call it, but the pack are operating from the flood control tunnels. So at least gives them some place to explore. However, <laughs> Wait for it Part of the pack are now at Collister's home They've tracked the girls Sienna and Brooke are inside the house They hear someone trying to break in Sienna goes sees a silhouette of one of the Chupupacabras And now we get a scene that's very reminiscent of Gremlins She gets a battery powered carving knife I think the runt of the litter breaks in Lunges at her and she skewers it Another one goes for her throat She bats it out and he flies into a microwave Poses the lid and starts it Yeeep We get homage to The Shining, I suppose. One of the chupacabras breaks through the door of her bedroom. It growls a bit. Could have gone, here's Johnny, but it didn't. That gets taken out with an iron. Carlos arrives at the house. Sienna gets knocked down the stairs. Personally Brooke doesn't survive. She gets her throat ripped out. And so, the second rather good action sequence. Who would have thought it? (laughs) We're next at the hospital. Sienna is unconscious. Tommy pays her a visit. There's certainly a strong bond between him and his sister, unlike the one with his father. Carlos learns that the National Guard won't be arriving for at least another 24 hours, and that's not good enough. He needs to strike at the pack now before more innocent people die. He approaches Tommy, asking for help. Tommy is sceptical, to say the least, but agrees to help as long as he brings his own people, and Carlos is quite happy with that. This is off the books, after all. It takes Tommy... A little while to get his crew behind his idea they're not happy about helping the police but as he points out they're helping the neighborhood they're helping him his family that's more important they then pull out some seriously heavy weaponry <laughs> very very high tech some of the police cars approach black suvs anyway Colossus colleagues arrive they too are doing this off the books wilcox is here the man collins know you're here I don't know what you're talking about. Me and a couple of boys took a long lunch, that's all. With friends like these, you're going to be alright. So, we have a group of gang members, DEA agents, never worked together before, carrying heavy automatic weaponry. This might not go well. They breach the structure above ground, not sure what sort of building this used to be, derelict now of course. And we see the chupacabras, the pack is certainly there. Either by design or fate the two groups have split up DEA and SWAP members are one team Carlos, Taylor and Tommy and his friends are another After some wandering around the building they finally make contact The DEA guys are surrounded by the Chupacabras The animals have got the height As for the other group Well they're looking at a big long dark tunnel And we can't actually see any of the bees It looks like a trap is being laid Either way panic fire the animals attack, DEA agents start firing back, bodies start falling, they're doing pretty good. Carlos and his group are firing wildly, no hits that we can see. You definitely can see that training really does help. Ah, I take it back. Tommy's got a grenade, throws it into the tunnel right at the end and boom. We see probably half a dozen bodies scatter. Who needs training when you've got grenades? The DEA agents are getting overrun and credits where it's due. Obviously the stuntmen are doing their actions, throwing themselves about, looking very realistic, and the animators are putting the chupacabras in to make it look like the two are interacting. And while the CGI isn't brilliant, the actual integration works very well. And another chupacabra grabs somebody by the dick and drags him off. <laughs> oh dear. Vicious little buggers, aren't they? Alas, this is where we lose Wilcox as well. All the DEA SWAT agents, they're all dead. One member of Tommy's gang is dead. Yeah, this wasn't very good at all. It was a trap. And we look at the building and we see dozens of Chupacabras manning the battlements as as if they were on guard. The Survivors reach the outskirts of the city and they find carnage. Cars run off the road. People hanging out of the cars, ripped apart. Police officers, weapons drawn, covered in blood, dead. This isn't just a couple of dozen, a hundred chupacabras, this must be thousands. They make it to the outskirts of the Alamo. We get a combination of stock footage, which looks excellent, and some green screen, which doesn't look so good. I doubt they would have got permission to film on location. I doubt any production would have got permission to film on location. So they did the best they could. I won't criticise them for that, just wish they could have done it a little better. We cut to a scene of the gift shop where a tour guide is just concluding, a, well, a tour. And yep, another Stargate actor. Crockett is played by Chad Crowchip. He was a student in the Stargate Universe episode Home. And Gordie Howe in the sd one episode Citizen Joe. Recently he's been in Wayward Pines and Travelers. And he's wearing a rather fetching raccoon skin cap. And at this point the armed Gang bursts in. Surprising everybody. The manager is certainly not very pleased. She's going to call the cops if they don't get out of there. And of course it's all a set up for when a Chupacabra comes and totally flattens her, rips her throat out. and then all hell breaks loose again. Some of the people on the tour, they get et. Bullets are flying, display cases are being blown apart. Thankfully these are all cheap knockoffs, offs not, not the actual genuine uh, museum pieces. When it all dies down, Taylor and Carlos... Get hold of Crockett. Can you help us? Can you lock this place down? We need to defend. And he's up for it. The sun has set. And the Alamo is once again surrounded by an enemy. The enemy this time are hundreds of chupacabras. And the defenders, well, they've run out of ammunition for the automatic weaponry. They're having to rely on some of the exhibits. Not a good idea. And quite frankly, an expert may only get two or three shots every minute. These guys, no. No. And they're doomed. Doomed, I say. But they're gonna make a stand. And that is after all the point of using the Alamo in the story. Oh dear. Look, you watch a movie like this, you're gonna let a lot of things go. Chupacabras, I can accept. But these old style weaponry, this old style weaponry, being able to fire repeated rounds, with no! <laughs> Where are they getting the gunpowder? Where are they getting the shot from? Cracked. Yeah? Are you sure these gates are gonna hold? Oh, are you kidding me? This place is impenetrable! <laughs> Yeah, it didn't take long at all. With the Chupacabras now inside the Alamo, they decide to split up, hopefully to drive them into one of the main halls where they can ambush them. I don't think this is going to work very well because these animals have shown an alarming grasp of tactics. And these people aren't the most efficient at combat. They're still alive, so I'll give them that. The next few minutes are taken up with the various groups walking around the Alamo trying to dodge the chupacabras, eventually though it comes to a stand they get ready, door flings open, one of the beasts rushes in, grabs Loco, he's the first of them to die. Tommy is naturally upset, he opens up with his 9mm automatic, runs out to bullets after about 3 shots and hurriedly bolts the door. <laughs> uh, no ammunition mate, frankly it looks like the trap has actually worked in reverse. It's the humans that are running through the open area, surrounded by chupacabras. However, Tommy's got a grenade, he takes care of a bunch of them, and Gordo, for some reason, decides to play fetch. <laughs> he picks up a stick, hits a couple of them, throws it, so it chases after him. Unfortunately, about four or five of them converge of him and rip him to shreds. My god, the humans are falling like leaves in autumn. Agent Danny's the next to get attacked. Luckily for her, Carlos grabs the saber, chops a chupacabra's head clean off, She's seriously wounded, but she's alive. All converge into another cabin and bolt themselves in. Trapped with no backup, Carlos brings up the idea of tunnels. Crockett says Colonel Travis may indeed have built secret tunnels in and out of the Alamo. They've only got to find one. But it's <laughs> a bit of secret. Carlos tries to give him a bit of inspiration. Hey, remember the Alamo. Now move it, soldier, okay? Come on. Suitably inspired, Crockett goes on a mad dash in search of the tunnels, and yep, he finds one. Store room off one of the corridors has got some old style beams blocking up the entrance to the tunnels. How has nobody noticed that before? Does the janitor see it every day and just not bother because, well, he assumes everybody else knows about it? But, a way out. Can't help but think they should have had Crockett taking some of the boards down and Chupacabra waiting for him, (laughs) munching on his face. Carlos is invigorated he wants to try the plan again herding the chupacabras into one place but this one place is going to be the whole Alamo and he's going to blow the bloody place up I cannot see how this is a good thing yes he might kill all the chupacabras but he might still get strung up in the court of public opinion as the main group try to head out to the Alamo through the tunnels Carlos and Tommy go planting the C4 eventually they get jumped by chupacabra Pretty big one at that. They fight it off and make the way out as the explosives blow. And credit to the pyrotechnics. It looks pretty impressive. Granted, we're not seeing buildings being ripped to shreds by the explosions, but we're seeing lots of flames, lots of sparks. It looks pretty good. Back in the tunnel, they hear the explosions, feel the ground rumbling. Hopefully, the tunnel is reasonably strong, <laughs> otherwise, uh, it'd be a bit embarrassing if only Carlos and Tommy survived thanks to blowing up the Alamo and destroying the tunnels. Remember the Alamo! Ah, I can move. Huh? Let's go. Well, that works too. The group finally get to the end of the tunnels and it leads out into a parking lot, a good ways away from the Alamo walls. They see the buildings of the Alamo being destroyed, and this is where we get the CGI explosions. So they can blow up the Alamo. <laughs> Carlos and Tommy are fighting off the last of the chupacabras in the tunnel and they finally make it out as well. The survivors of the standoff look upon the Alamo as it burns and they seem reasonably confident that all the chupacabras are dead. I'm not so sure. (laughs) No, there's no reason to believe all the pack were in uh, the Alamo. Certainly not. I mean the feeding ground is huge. But the film's going to end like that because we go to the epilogue. We see the gravestone of Carlos's wife He's finally made it there. Strangely enough, the daughter's not with him. Neither is Tommy. Strange. However, Taylor meets him there. They seem to be on much better terms now. And they get into work, or... And drive off into the distance, as... Smoke is still billowing on the horizon. Surprised at that, I would have thought the Alamo would have burnt out reasonably quickly. Or at least the Fire Brigade of San Antonio would put it out pretty down quick. But that's neither here nor there. That was... Chupacabra versus the Alamo. (laughs) What a daft movie. A real daft movie. But entertaining. And you know what? You watch these movies, you don't care if the CGI is not very good. You don't care if even the acting is not very good. The dialogue really is any good. But you get some decent actors. They're willing to work hard with the script. You suspend your disbelief and just go with the fact that these chupacabras are running around killing everybody and blowing up the Alamo. <laughs> okay then, folks. Thank you very much for listening to my look at the movie. If you've got any thoughts or opinions yourself, please let me know. If you want to get in touch with me, either for comments or critique, or if you want to be on the podcast to talk about a Stargate episode, or a sci-fi Movie which features Stargate actors, feel free to get in touch. StargateArchives at gmail.com StargateArchives.com We are, of course, on Facebook and Tumblr. Do a search for The Gatecast. And on Twitter, at TheGateCast, which is one word. And Twitter is our primary social media portal. If you want to listen to the podcast, we are carried on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podbay, TuneIn, Stitcher. We have RSS feeds that you can manually copy and paste into your favourite podcatcher. And by all means, if you have an application where you can rate or review a podcast, please do so. It certainly helps us. Right, what's next? Not sure. Nothing's planned. As usual, I'll go through my DVD collection, see what I've got. If I can't find anything that catches my eye, I'll look on Amazon Prime because there's always, always plenty of these movies on Amazon Prime. Okay, then, thank you very much for listening to me talk about Chupacabra versus the Alamo. Bless Eric Estrada. He really is one of those actors that, a bit larger than life, even if his resume isn't particularly huge or impressive, he made an impact on pop culture and continues to do so. Until next time then, I've been Mike, take care, bye bye.